All right, how many are ready to get into God's Word today? I, I am so ready. I am so ready. I want to talk to you today about the call. The call. You see it on the side screens there. That's, that's a telephone. How many remember telephones? Remember, remember those old things that used to sit on the counter? The call. I want to talk to you today about the call. About God's callings, plural, the calls of God, the call that each one of us might be facing right now. And in this message, I'm actually going to take two weeks to talk about the call because there's so much that I want to address. It'll take me two weeks to do it. So I'll do it this Sunday and next Sunday. But I want to talk about the call. Ask a couple of questions. First, have you heard God's call? Have you heard Jesus calling out to you? And the second question is, have you answered God's call? Have you responded to God's call? You know, my life has been filled for many, many, many years. My life has been filled with calls from God. And what I've learned is answering God's call brings amazing fulfillment and purpose into your life. You need to respond to the call. Hello? Yeah? It's God. <laughs> yes, sir? Okay. All right. Okay, bye-bye. When God calls, what do you do? You answer. By the way, he just told me that this is a very important message and I need to preach as long as I want and you need to stay and nobody slips out, okay? And you do not want to disobey God. <laughs> Having had a light moment, I want to look at... at at Luke chapter 19. If you've got a Bible, Luke 19, we'll have the verses on the screen. I want to read a story, and I want to use this as a springboard for these two weeks of messages. I want us to look at the story of Jesus calling a man named Zacchaeus. So if you would look at Luke 19, verse 1, and as we read these verses, I'm going to pause and paint the picture for you. Verse 1, then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. So Jesus has entered this town of Jericho. He's passed through. Now, by this time in his ministry, everywhere Jesus goes, there are crowds of people. He can go out to the wilderness and people even follow him. He can go out to deserted places and crowds, multitudes follow him. But when Jesus comes to town, everybody wants to see Jesus and everybody drops what they're doing because this guy's working amazing miracles like they've never seen before and he's giving teaching with authority that people realize this is the voice of God. So Jesus is passing through Jericho. So you've got to see the scene. As Jesus passes through the streets of Jericho, as he's making his way through the city, that the people are just jamming the streets. Verse 2. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was. But he could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. 
Now, just see this picture. Multitudes of people jamming the streets. Jesus is passing through. And then here's this tax collector, somebody who's despised and hated by the people. How many of you love it when the IRS guy comes to visit with you? Okay. This chief tax collector, he can't see Jesus for the crowd. So he's going to put together a plan because something in his heart says, I want to see who this guy is. Verse 4. So he ran ahead and he climbed up into a sycamore tree to see Jesus for he was going to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today I must stay at your house. It's interesting because Jesus is passing through Jericho and we see this story where Zacchaeus is up in a tree trying to see who Jesus is. But let's go back to Jesus' side. People are reaching out. People are grabbing. People are screaming for help. There are sick. There are all kinds of people there. Jesus is doing what Jesus does. And all of a sudden he stops and looks up in this tree and sees this guy. He calls him by name. Probably never met him before, but he calls him by name and says, I need to spend some time with you today. I'm going to stop my journey through town to have some conversations with you. Verse 6, so Zacchaeus made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, this is speaking of those who are following Jesus, who are trying to find fault. It's the religious leaders and culture of the day, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the lawyers, all these people who are putting Jesus down and, and looking down on him. When they saw it, they all complained, saying, well, Jesus has gone to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Bad reputation, this guy. Jesus is spending time with this guy. Verse 8, then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord. Now, this is probably after the conversation in his house. Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today... Salvation has come to this house because he, Zacchaeus, also is now a son of Abraham, which means he's the son of faith. He's been an outcast from church society in that day, but now he's received as a faith man, a son of God. Verse 10, for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I want to share several comments this morning about this story, and then we'll look at another passage just before I finish. Jesus is passing through Jericho, doing what Jesus does, and then we find Jesus stopping the whole parade for one man, a man named Zacchaeus. But let's talk about Zacchaeus for a few minutes. What do we know about him? He was a religious outsider. He was a tax collector who was despised in those days because they were collecting taxes for the Roman government, which the Jews hated, because they were there settled in their land, controlling their land, dominating their land. 
And then to make matters worse, the tax collector's job was to collect taxes to give to Rome, but they would pad that tax number and put some of the money in their pockets. That was the reputation. That's what many of them did. So as a result, these tax people are probably the most hated, despised people in Israel. And that's who Zacchaeus was. They looked at him and said, this, this is a religious bunch. He's a sinner. He doesn't belong among God's people. He doesn't belong to be numbered as a son of Abraham. Doesn't matter what his nationality is. He doesn't belong with us because he's not like us. He is a sinner. As I was studying this the last few days, I began to realize this this description of Zacchaeus might fit a lot of us. Maybe this is how we think the church community views us but another thing we see about Zacchaeus is he was curious about Jesus he'd heard all about him but firsthand he wanted to climb up into a tree and get a good look so he could figure out for himself who is this guy and what's he all about well isn't that a lot like some of us today still trying to figure out who Jesus is and where he fits in our lives So he climbs up in this tree to get a look at Jesus. Some of us are here today because someone invited us. Some of us are here today for a hundred different reasons. There's probably some people watching online today sitting in this building who climbed into this place to get a better look at who Jesus really is. But the most important part of the front of this conversation is very simple. Jesus called out to Zacchaeus right where he was. Right where he was with all of his questions, all of his confusion, all of the mystery surrounding Jesus. Jesus met Zacchaeus right where he was. And I want you to notice the call of Jesus. We're talking about the call. We've set it up. Now let's look at the call of Jesus. First of all, Jesus knew his name. He stops in the big multitude of people in a place where he didn't live, a place he was just passing through and his reputation has preceded him. He stops the parade to speak to one man then he calls him by name. Friend, can I tell you today that Jesus knows your name? He knows everything going on in your life. He knows all the questions He knows the confusion. He knows the pain. He knows the weight you carry. He knows the despair. And maybe you're back at a distance trying to figure out who is Jesus. I want you to know today, he knows your name. But let me go one step further. He also knows your story. All of it from beginning to end, every day to this point in your life. He knows every detail of your life. Scripture says he even knows the number of hairs on our head. He knows the details of your life. He knows your reputation. He knows what people think about you. He knows your story. And yet today in this house, Jesus is calling out for people. By name, Asking you to respond to him. But Jesus' call was specific. 
Zacchaeus, he called him by name. It set him out from the crowd. Some of you are sitting here today, and then some of you might be watching online, and all of a sudden, something in your heart begins to turn over and over and over. You say, what is this? That's Jesus calling your name. Meeting you right where you are. And Jesus calls out to him and says, Zacchaeus, hurry, 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 hurry. There's a lot going on here. Hurry, get out of that tree because I need to go to your house and we need to talk at your place. We need to talk at your place. Maybe you came here today or maybe you're watching online and you're thinking, man, I just don't know if I could ever come to a place where Jesus would want to talk to me. I want you to understand today, Jesus is not afraid to walk into your house and your world and meet you right where you are. He cares. And he's calling you today. And so we set this whole thing up. Jesus calls to Zacchaeus. And then we get into the second part of this story. What is Zacchaeus going to do? Jesus has said, Zacchaeus, hurry down, hurry down. I need to go to your house. We need to talk. Scripture says, so Zacchaeus hurried down from the tree. Now, get to stop a minute here, okay? We're painting the picture. We see Jesus passing through town. He comes to this bend in the road, and there's this big tree. He looks up and sees Zacchaeus. He calls him, says, hurry up and come down. Zacchaeus was a shorter guy anyway. He wasn't real tall. He wasn't tall like me. He was probably short. He's a short guy. He's up in that tree because he can't see over everybody else. Have you ever felt like you just weren't quite tall enough to really see who Jesus was? He's up in that tree. He might even been up there to see Jesus and to hide from the crowd because he was so despised. But when Jesus says, hurry down, this grown man starts climbing out of this tree. How long do you think it took Zacchaeus, this short guy, to climb up in that tree. Well, can you see him hurrying to get down out of that tree? No. We don't know how high up he was, so your imagination can go in a dozen different directions. But these are unusual circumstances. A grown man hurrying to get down out of this tree to spend time with Jesus. But I want you to notice this. Jesus said, hurry down. And then Zacchaeus hurried. In the original writing, it uses the same word both places. And it describes a sense of urgency. Right now, right now, right now, this needs to be done. Jesus knew the urgency of the moment. I need to intervene in his life right now. And Zacchaeus recognized the urgency of the moment and knew this may be my only opportunity to ever have a conversation with Jesus. In those days, Jesus, Jesus might have been the most well-known person in all of Israel. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. In some areas, he definitely was. But Zacchaeus realized, this may be my only opportunity to have this conversation with Jesus. Here in this room and online today and listening to podcasts later, Jesus is calling people. He's calling by name. He's knocking on the door of 
people's hearts. And this is not a moment to take lightly. It's a moment charged with urgency. Maybe you came through these doors today and didn't think too much about it. Maybe you came in on a casual note. We had a fairly casual atmosphere. The music started. People began to sing. And it's like, okay, okay, okay. But all of a sudden, we come to this moment where everything changes. And there's a sense of urgency. Because Jesus is calling your name. Jesus was simply asking for a response from Zacchaeus. You know what a response to God is? It's what Scripture calls faith. Faith is a response to what God says. It's a response. And Zacchaeus responds in faith. And scripture says he joyfully came out of the tree and received Jesus into his house. You may have a thousand questions about God. All he's asking from you today is that you open your heart, receive him joyfully, Hear what he has to say. You know, it's it's a joyful day when Jesus calls your name. It's not a difficult day. It's not a challenging day. It's a joyful day. So Zacchaeus answers and responds to Jesus' call, begins to open up the door to a new, a different, a better way of life. But then there's another aspect of this that I want you to see with me today. What what is really the key to this story? See, if you read on down as we did earlier, after Zacchaeus spends time with Jesus, his whole heart and his whole way of life begins to change. And he says, you know what? I'll give half of all my riches to the poor. And I'll go back and check the records. And if I've cheated anybody, I'll give back to them double what I took from them. A change of heart comes his way when he meets Jesus. But what is the key to this story? You see... Jesus was about to address all of the religious questions and all the confusion that kept Zacchaeus away from God and away from God's house. Jesus is about to talk to him about all those things that have moved him away from God. Isaiah 1.18 says, Come, let us reason together. Let's talk to God. Because though our sins are scarlet and like crimson, and they're so strong and so standing out in the picture, that sometimes we think there's no way I can get close to God. He says, come, let's talk to God. Because what was once bold and bright and red and dark can now become white as snow in the presence of God. See, Jesus is wanting to change your outlook on him, on God, on his family, on everything. Through the years in ministry, I've I met a lot of people who would not come to God because of questions and confusion about God. Jesus called Zacchaeus by name to start addressing those questions and confusion one thing at a time. There's probably a lot of misconceptions about God in the ears of those who are listening to this message today. You know, religion tends to resist people like Zacchaeus. See, I I come from a church background, I know. I came from a very legalistic background. Religion tends to resist people like Jesus. Religion says, well, you come to us. You act like us. You dress like us. You talk like us. You be like us. And then maybe we'll find a place for you. 
But Jesus calls us by name. And he meets us right where we are. And he steps in our world. He begins to change things one thing at a time and begins to show us a better way and a better life. That's the heart of Jesus. See, religion says you have to change to meet Jesus. You have to make all these changes to know Jesus. But Jesus says, meet with me. Spend time with me. Let me prove who I am. And change will follow. That's the message of Jesus. Many years ago, I had a friend who was doing ministry in Central America. And he was in, in an area that had some churches that were very, very legalistic. And, and one night, he went to a church service, and he was asked to share for a few minutes. And he shared, shared God's love. He shared the call of Jesus. And when he got finished, he said, any of you who want to answer the call of Jesus and come to know Jesus and meet God and know God for yourself, if he's calling your name, would you stand to your feet? And he said, on the back row, there's a whole row of women who stood up. And he said, they were women of the night. They were prostitutes in that city. And the whole back row of women stood up. They'd wandered into the service late. They heard this message of hope that Jesus will meet you right where you are and that he will accept you and change you from the inside out. He prayed a prayer, led them in a prayer. When he finished, he turned to the pastor and said, why don't you come and give them some words of encouragement? This old school, old fashioned legalistic pastor stepped to the mic and said, okay, I recognize you. I know who you are and what you are. If you're going to follow Jesus, you've got to stop this. 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 And if you don't do all this stuff, you are not going to be welcome here. Do you want Jesus now? And every one of them shook their heads no and they turned and walked out. You see, Jesus was calling people by their name. And one foolish pastor got in the way of what Jesus was trying to do. Can I tell you something today? One thing I do not want to do is get in the way of what God's trying to do in your life. Because God's plans for you are better than the plans you have for yourself. That's the heart of God for you. You see, religion says Zacchaeus changed his way of life. So he could walk with Jesus. But scripture says one encounter with Jesus changed his way of life. Religion says restitution is the key to the story. But Jesus says Luke 19 verses 9 and 10 is the key to this story. Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to your house. Now you're a son of Abraham. And Jesus said, for I have come to seek and to save those that are lost. You may be sitting here today, you may be listening online saying, well, I sense something going on inside of me. I, I sense maybe, maybe Jesus is calling my name. Why would he do that? He knows who you are. He knows where you are. And he wants to lead you into a better life. We're the ones he's come to seek. And to save those of us who are lost. One last little part of this message. Matthew 11. I'm going to read three more verses quickly. Because this really describes the call of Jesus that I'm talking about today. Matthew chapter 11 verse 28. Here's what Jesus says. Come to me. 
All you who labor and are heavy laden, you're burdened, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus said, for my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, in this passage, Jesus describes two different lives. A difficult, burdened life where you're carrying all kinds of stuff and you're weary, you're tired of it, you don't know where it's going, you don't know how it's going to end. Then he describes a restful, peaceful life where you lay down the concerns and walk with God. Jesus gives the invitation. He gives the call. He says, I have a better life for you. I will remove that weight you're carrying and I will give you rest. I will take it off of you and roll it away so you don't have to carry this anymore. But then Jesus asks for a response. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. It is God's design because we are created with will. It is God's design to call to us And then we choose to come to him. We choose to respond and say, here I am. I'll climb out of this tree quickly. Whatever you need, I'd love for you to come to my house and straighten out all the questions and confusion in my heart and in my mind. Jesus promises rest. But then Jesus also promises two more important things. He says, if you'll come to me, you can take my yoke upon you. See, a yoke is something that they use to bring oxen side by side so they could plow together and work together. In our world, we would see it as bondage, as slavery. But Jesus said, you're tired, you're weary, you're carrying this heavy load. I'll take it off of you. And you can come into relationship with me and you and I can walk together. We can be connected. We can be in relationship where you can know me. You can ask me questions. I will answer your questions. I will show you the way into a better life. And you will find the life that God's planned for you from the beginning. You can come to me. You can take my way upon you. But it's your choice. And then Jesus says, you can learn from me. Religion says, you got to do this, 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 this. Jesus says, come walk with me and start learning. I'll change you from the inside. I'll work in your life. I'll help you. I'll encourage you. I know you're going to struggle at times, but I'm going to be there to walk you through all of this. Come, learn from me. Learn what life is all about. Question stands in many people's minds. Why, why would God call somebody like me? So you might feel insignificant. You might feel ashamed. You might feel like a failure. You might feel like nobody cares. You're insignificant. Or you might feel like you've got the world by the tail and everything is great today. But all of a sudden, Jesus 
is calling your name. Why would Jesus call someone like me? It's because he's already paid a price for your forgiveness to wipe away your mistakes and failures and to bring you into his family. And he's calling your name because he wants you. Heard a story, a friend of mine told this story a few years ago. One Sunday morning, there was this man who had lived a pretty rough life. He's pretty cynical about God, about church, about people. He'd had some bad experiences with some people in the name of Jesus. And he just kind of stood away from the church and mocked at a distance and said, I don't want anything, I don't want anything to do with that. Nothing, nothing there for me. But one Sunday, something compelled him, and he just felt like, you know, I'm going to go to that church there in town. It was a smaller community. The church wasn't real big. And he thought, I'm just going to go sit in a service, and I'm just going to sit there and sneer, laugh at those foolish people. He went and he sat in the service. And as he sat there, he heard the pastor get up and preach a message, something like I'm preaching today. And as the pastor preached the message, he got to the end, and he told him, he said, folks, God loves you so much. He forsook his own son and put him on a cross to save you and to save me. He let his own son die so that we could live. And then the pastor told this story. He said, there's a man who was out with his son one day, a son whom he loved, a son whom he was so proud of. And they went out on a boat and they took one of the son's friends. And they got out in the boat. It was this big lake and it was really deep and the waters were pretty cold. And the two boys jumped off the boat to swim, teenage boys. And as they swam, they began to go in different directions. And then they got further and further from the boat until they began to call out, help, help. My legs are tired. I, I can't stay afloat. The water's cold. My legs are starting to cramp. Help, help. And he heard a cry of help and a cry of help and a cry of help and a cry of help. And that pastor said, finally, the man moved the boat over towards the one son who was his son's friend. And he reached down and grabbed him and pulled him up out of the boat. And he saved him. And then he turned for the other son. But his own son had sunk into the water and drowned. The pastor said, but that's how much God loves us. He forsook his own son to save a stranger. That man was sitting in the back of the building and it grabbed his heart. But he got angry and he jumped to his feet in the service and said, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. Nobody would ever do anything like that. But across the room, a young man stood up and said, yeah, somebody would do that. This preacher would do that because I'm the young man he saved when he lost his son. And you might be thinking today, would a God really do that for me? He's already done that for you. And there are people all over this room who could jump to their feet and say, he did it for me, he'll do it for you. Hear the call of God. Hear the call of God. Hear the call of God. I want to pray this morning. A simple prayer. Before we pray, I want you to hear this. God's calling people in this house 
online. God's calling people. Some of us have been following God at a distance, trying to make up our mind. God's calling today, saying, trust me, just come walk with me. Hear what I have to say. Start the process. Some of you are watching online. God's knocking on your heart as you listen to this at home or in your car, wherever you might be, and you realize this is my time. God is calling me. What do I do? You hurry up and you respond to him today. I want to lead you in a prayer because relationship with God starts when we say, yes, God, I'm in. I answer your call. So I'm going to ask everybody in this room, everybody watching online, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer right out loud. You don't need to scream the words. You don't need to make a a scene right there where you are. But pray this prayer right out loud with me. Say, God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I want to know you. I want to be in relationship with you. I want you to answer my questions. So I put my faith in you. I believe Jesus died for me. I trust him as my savior. And I'll learn to make him the Lord of my life. From this day forward, you are my father and my God. Thank you for receiving me. Amen. Amen. That might be the first call of God you've ever responded to, but it's the most important call you can ever respond to in your entire life. And here's the deal. If you've prayed that prayer today, we want to help you get started walking with God, finding answers for your life. We have a simple little booklet called The Next Seven Days. There's two ways you can get it. When service is over, there'll be prayer teams at the front. They'll have these booklets. Just walk up to one of these teams and say, can I get the booklet? No strings attached. We'll give it to you right there. If you've got questions, we'll try to answer your questions. We'll pray with you. But please let us give this to you. If you're in a really big rush... Or maybe you've been hiding in the tree and you're still climbing down. As you exit the lobby today, right in the middle of the glass doors where you go out, there's a counter set up right there. It's got a sign overhead. The next seven days, we'll give it to you right there. We want to help you get started walking with God. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Can we welcome new believers into God's family today? Hey, man, can we give Pastor Gary a great hand for that message this morning? Awesome. Again, thank you and welcome to the family of God. If you made that decision today, congratulations. Please come see one of our prayer teams. That's why they are here. Let me also say that if you are here today and you just have a need, you have someone that you want or you have something going on in your life and you want someone to stand with you, to agree with you and encourage you, that's why our prayer teams are here also. Please take advantage of those teams. Come see them. Let them know what's going on. They're happy to pray with you and just encourage you in the middle of whatever it is that you might be dealing with. Hey, at this point in our service, we're going to take a moment and honor God by bringing our tithes and our offerings into his house. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. Thank you for your generosity. There are a few different ways that you can give this morning. They're going to go up on the screen right now if you'd like to give digitally. If you'd like to give in person a physical gift today, you can just grab one of those envelopes there on the seat back near you. Just grab that. And there are giving stations on either side of these exit doors right before you exit the auditorium. There's giving stations on either side. And then there's also a giving station outside near our kids' first-time check-in area. Do whatever's most convenient for you. If you're a guest with us today, please know there's never any pressure or compulsion to give. This is a free will offering and something that we love to do to honor God. So again, thank you so much for your generosity. You know, I want to just say very quickly two things about that. As Pastor was speaking this morning, 
recognize that there probably were many people that when he prayed that prayer and gave that invitation that you felt like God was just calling your name this morning. You know, for me, when I sit through a message like that, I think of specific areas of my life where perhaps God is calling my name and inviting me to take further steps of faith. And maybe this is an area right here where you feel like God's been calling your name and saying, hey, just step out and trust me. Just step out. I'll meet you there. Just step out. Do what I've instructed you to do and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing into your life. And maybe this is just another voice of encouragement right now letting you know that if you'll take that step of faith to honor God with your resource, with your finance, that he will meet you in the middle of that faith and he will be your source and be your provider. Is there anybody that can say, hey, God's been good to me. He's always honored and always honored his word and provided for me. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for your generosity. Hey, before we go today, I just want to let you know about a couple things that are happening. Maybe you are here today and you came to the 930 service because you have a student who is going from fifth grade to sixth grade. In just a few minutes, about 11 minutes from now, in the Youth Center, we have Promo Sunday happening to meet parents and students who are going to be going into Bridge Youth. We invite you to come. We're excited to meet you, to meet your student, to tell you more about Bridge Youth and what you can expect. We want to celebrate your students who are going into youth, and we want to make this a very smooth transition for them. So please come and see us right after service in the Youth Center. Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber will be there to help you out and just tell you what to expect as they enter into Bridge Youth. And then the very last thing is next Sunday we're going to be partaking of communion. Sometimes people ask when the next time we're going to be doing that is. So if you'd like to plan around that for next week, we would love for you to be here so that we can partake of the Lord's Supper together as a church family. And then finally, let me just remind you, Kids Camp deadlines for registrations are two weeks from today, which is Father's Day. And then also on Father's Day, we've been considering doing another um, classic car hot rod and motorcycle expo that day. So if you have a sweet ride that you would like to display that day, come see us at the info center and just sign up and we would love to get your details so that we can display your car or your motorcycle and have an awesome day together. Hey, I hope that you have enjoyed being in church this morning. We love you, Bridge family. Have a great Sunday. Have an awesome week. We will see you in the house of God next Sunday morning. God bless you.